say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance to be who you want to be. Yeah, you say that things don't ever change. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A New Direction. It is Jay Izzo, and it's the late edition. It's the it's the Thursday late edition, and you're kind of going, what, the Thursday late edition? Jay, I'm listening to this later. What do you mean by a Thursday late edition? Well, listen, for those, first of all, of course, you know, all of you who download this show sometime later, and I thank you for doing that, by the way, whether you're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or wherever you're at, thank you for downloading the show, and thank you for downloading it so often. I am so grateful for you for doing that. But as you know, I also do this on Facebook Live, and so people get to watch me and my cowboy hat and, and <laughs> in front of a microphone and listen to my interviews, and and so um, I am uh, really, really just so excited about today's show. I say that every week. I am excited about today's show because I always feel like... Every show just can always continually gets better and better and better, and this show is no exception. This show is uh, going to be a great show, and it is even though we are a little bit late, it's going to be perfect. And uh, because I'm Facebook Live, and I know that you can hear me, uh, folks, go ahead and chime in your questions for Greg Jackson, who's going to be joining me a little bit later here in just a few minutes. But listen, we're going to do what we always do on a new direction, and what we always do on a new direction is we check in. And I check in because I believe that we are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, we are emotional people, and we are spiritual people. So I want to check in with your scales, right? Because that's what we do every week, check in with your scales. So if you haven't joined us before, on a scale of 1 to 10, right? 1 being I am so miserable, I can't stand it. 10, it just doesn't get any better. Where are you at physically? All right? Where are you at physically? What What's going on with you physically? Are you taking care of your body? Are you eating the right things? Are you... Are you exercising? Are you getting some? Are you getting? Are you getting things into your body? Doing the right things, right? How are you doing in that? And 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 you know, listen. If you're with us last week and you said last week you were a three, and you go, well, I'm still not a ten. I don't want you to be a ten. I mean, of course, ten would be great. But what I want you to be is, I want you to try to get to a three point five physically, right? How are you going to get from a three to a three point five, or maybe to a four this week physically? How are you going to do that? By the way, hi, Michelle. Um, Mike, great. Thanks for joining us. And hey, Joel, thanks for coming back. So how are you doing physically? Scale of 1 to 10. All right. And now let's go mentally. Scale of 1 to 10. One, 1, you're horrible. 10, you're great. How are you doing mentally on that scale of 1 to 10? Are you, are you, are you learning? Are you bringing stuff into your mind that you learn? Are you learning positive things? Or are you focusing on negative things? What are you, what's your focus on? Are you reading books? What kind of books are you reading? Are you watching the news? One of the best things I ever did to improve my mental capacity is to stop watching the news. I know, you go, Jay, how do you learn about anything? Trust me, you'll know. If you're on social media, you kind of know what's going on in the world, okay? And, you know, I wrote books on social media, so... I, of course, I get to know. Even if I don't want to know, I get to know. All right, that's that's how it works. But I don't I don't watch the news anymore, and the reason why is because news is bringing me down, man. Right, so affecting my mind mentally and affecting my outlook. Right, so I stopped doing that, and then I started filling it with really good things. Started putting really good things, positive things, trying to grow, trying to learn a new language. Right, add work on my right side of my brain and my left side of the brain. Do some creative things. You know, I picked up the guitar again and, and started replaying and learning some songs because I know that affects both sides of my brain because I want that to grow. What are you doing to make the mental side of your life better? You know, again, you know, how are you moving and what are you going to do to move up this week? Third, how are you doing emotionally on that scale of 1 to 10? So, emotions, right? How are you? Are you able to control your emotions or are your emotions, are you just letting your emotions get the best of you? 
What's it? What is it? What is it? What is your emotional outlook? I mean, are you able to emote with people? I mean, like when, when people do something bad to you, do you react in a real fierce, angry way? Or can you control it and maybe see another side of it? Right? How are you able to control your emotions? Because emotions, emotions are, are really kind of that thing that drives behavior for us. So it's, it's hard. It's hard, sorry about the static in the background. It's hard. It's hard though when we are emotions. Our emotions will always change our behavior. Because if you're sad, it's hard, you try to do something when you're when you're sad. You can. So you have to be able to control your emotions so that when you're in a sad place that you can pull yourself out emotionally. And then finally, spiritually, where are you at on that scale of one to ten? We all believe have a faith in something. I don't care who you are. Even if you tell me that you're an atheist, all right, and you say, I don't believe in a God. Okay, fine, but I promise you believe in something. You probably believe in karma, right? I mean, right? You believe in karma, right? What's karma? Well, karma is what? You believe that if you do if you do something good or you do something bad, then something bad or something good is going to happen. Well, it's a belief in something, right? So maybe it's not a belief in God, okay? But you believe in something. How are you doing in your beliefs? How is that spiritually working for you? How fulfilling is it? Are you at peace? Are you in harmony? Is there real joy or just happiness? And do you know the difference between the two? And where are you at in that scale of 1 to 10? And remember, that these four, these four areas of your life are like the legs of a chair. Okay? When they're even, the chair's flat. But when they're out of balance, try sitting in an out of balance chair. It's hard, isn't it? And what if the chair's too low? What if all the areas of your lives are 1 and 2's and you're sitting at the dinner table? Well, you got to reach up and you got to grab something to eat. So we're trying to get to that level 10, which is a journey, not necessarily a destination. We're trying to get to that level 10 where we can sit at the table and eat and eat all that is good for us. And that's what we're, that's why we do that every week and check in with you. So check in with yourself. And I, and I encourage you to check in with yourself every day. So you're watching. I see Joelle, Michelle's with us. Thank you both uh, ladies for joining me uh, this evening. This evening, listen. Here's the book. I'm holding it right up in front of you. And Greg Jackson, who is listening to me right now in the background, cannot see me holding up the book. But I'm holding up the book. Facebook Live. It's called 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. And we're going to talk to Greg. But let me introduce him right now. Greg Jackson is a national best-selling author. Okay, so that's pretty awesome that I get to have a national best-selling author on my show. That's really cool. All right, here's here's. Let me just give you a couple titles that he's done that I think is really Great. I love 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die, uh, The Simple American Truths About Life, Family and Faith, and 40 Rules to Help Boys Become Men, The Lost Art of Manners, Etiquette, and Behavior. His newest book, which is I just showed you, 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know, The Top Sales Techniques, Practices, and Habits elite, of Elite Sales Pro. Greg is a former radio host on WRKO, not WKRP. Okay, WRKO in Boston. And, uh, and, and by the way, if, if for those of you who are too young to know what WKRP was, it was one of the greatest uh, 30 minutes on television back in the in 70s, 80s. And then uh, he was also on KDAR in Los Angeles, and he's an accomplished speaker and speaks. And by the way, before I talked about his accomplishment, can I tell you something? Folks, I get really nervous when I have somebody whose profession was doing radio and I'm doing the show like this. Because, you know, I'm a psychological professional. And so when, pe when people find out that, you know, my master's and doctor works in psychology, the first thing they always ask me is, are you analyzing me? And do you want to know what the honest answer is? Yes, I am. Because it's part of my natural, it's part of my natural ability. It's what, it's what I do. I do analyze people. I can't stop it. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your behavior. I've trained 
for so many years. I was nine years in college studying human behavior, right? So, I mean, it's kind of what automatically happens. I don't place a judgment on you, but I am probably analyzing your behavior. It's just a fact. I'm sorry. And so I know that, you know, here's this former professional, right, on doing WRKO Radio in Boston w, and KDAR in Los Angeles. And he's an, and he's he's a radio host, and I'm doing this radio show, and I know he's going to go in the back of his mind. He's never going to say it to me because he's really generous, and he's gracious, and he's merciful, and he's kind. And he's never going to say it to me, but he's going, dude, you need to shut up because you need to stop talking because I would never do that on the radio. So anyway, he's an accomplished speaker who speaks to groups on college <laughs> campuses nationwide. He's a writer whose articles have been published in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Times, Human Events, and townhall.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Facebook Friends, fans, and everybody out there in the world and podcast listeners, please welcome to the show, Greg Jackson. Greg, welcome to A New Direction. Jay, it's great to be on your show, and uh, I promise I'm not going to be analyzing you, but knowing that you have a background in, because honestly, at radio, as you know, if it, it really isn't, it's not rocket science. I mean, there's a few things that you have to know, but it's not about the technique as much as it is, you know, doing resets and the things that you learn just being on the radio, coming in and out of breaks. But what's more important in my estimation is one's ability to engage the audience and to be, to ask thoughtful questions and to make it, to, to bring it to life. You know, whatever the topic is that you're talking about and, you know, People, you know, you can put on your radio voice and, hey, this is Greg Jackson reporting, you know, WRKO in Boston. You can you can do that kind of affected, you know, uh, voice, uh, radio voice. But, you know, the, the thing that's really the most important, even if even if you're monotone, I don't even care if you're the most monotone. Well, maybe I mean, you, you, you don't want to be putting people to sleep, but what, what I've learned just being on radio, you've probably seen this as well and, and just done thousands of, of radio interviews on the other side myself, is that I don't think the audience cares as much as you think they do about how you're sounding right. or your radio voice. I think most people on the other end are most concerned about the substance right. and is are you adding value to their lives? Is what you're saying meaningful? Are they learning? Are they being informed? Is it interesting? Is it funny? Right. And, and those are the things that, so don't worry. I'm not, and that's what I've learned is that, you know, anybody can, you know, start a YouTube channel. I'm not, by the way, I'm not minimizing what you do because I think it's superb. And just hearing a little bit about your show and what makes you unique and what it is. And I love that quiz, by the way. I don't know if, I think I need to do some work in a few of those areas, just FYI. <laughs> Um, of the four-legged stool, I might only have three right now, so I need to work on that other leg. Good for you. But I, I learned it's. I think what you're doing, it, it's so again, it's not about it as much about how you sound or how you look. It's, it's really. I mean, what, what type of information are you sharing, and are your, are your listeners benefiting? Are you both growing mutually? And that's really what radio is all about. Don't you agree? Oh, no, no. I, I fully agree with you. Matter of fact, you know, this is the reason why I was so excited about doing this show with you. Because, I, I you know, I for the last couple of days, you don't know this, but I've been going to LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. Well, you did see some on Twitter, of course. But uh, even Instagram and have been telling people, you know, I'm about to interview uh, 
you know, Greg Jackson, who wrote this outstanding book called 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. And because I live in the Research Triangle Park in uh, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, we have a lot of sales people, right? Because we have, we're hubs for medical sales folks, right? We have GlaxoSmithKline. You know, you used to live in Charlotte. So, sure. so I have a lot of people going, you know, I have insurance people, I've got real estate people, mortgage people going. I even had somebody say, go, do you think it would be appropriate for direct sales? And the answer is, is is this is this book appropriate for somebody in direct sales? Answer would be, it's appropriate for anybody in any area of business. Sure. In my opinion, we can talk more about, yeah, you know the forty the forty rules. But yeah, absolutely, direct sales, indirect sales, CEOs, yeah, uh, marketing people, anybody, because the book is really more about uh, business, obviously, and and some keys I think, you know, for success regardless of the industry that you're in. But most importantly, a lot of those concepts in the book, right. Jay, you can apply to your life, your marriage, your relationships. Totally agree. It's all about, and, and as you know, that's what, that's what sales is. It's the art of building, cultivating strong relationships, building trust. And so really the book is just a compilation of Everything that I've I've learned, the most important things that I've learned over the past 25 years, I just turned 50. So since I started it, the Ian J. Gallo Winery is a in the sales management development program in San Francisco. And uh, 1991 to the current day, 25 years of mostly medical device sales and sales sales management, but mostly medical device sales. And the things that I've learned more so from you know, definitely some successes, but a lot of the tough lessons, as you know, Jay, you learn from the mistakes that you make. And that's the, the goal of the book is really to help, you know, uh, shorten the learning curve for people, especially people that are new in business, sales, younger people, or, or even people that you, you've been in it for, you know, most of your life. You've been in business and you're just looking to improve. Even if there's only a couple of nuggets in the book, that might make the difference in your business and your relationship. And that's why I wrote the book. That's it's it's awesome. By the way, uh, we're talking with Greg Jackson here on a new direction. And thanks, by the way, Paul Fitz. Thanks for joining us on the show. I saw you that you joined us as well. I need to do a little cleanup here because I didn't tell you that today's show is brought to you by what the La Jolla Writers Conference. October 26th through 28th at the Hyatt Regency in La Jolla, California. Whether you're an aspiring author who has yet to put a pen to paper or someone intent on writing a book to augment your business, a writer on the cusp of submitting to agents, or someone who wants to know more about the different and ever-evolving methods of publication, the La Jolla Writers Conference is the conference for you. Uh, it's been around for nearly 20 years. It's a totally intimate community. It's 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 put on by Strategies PR, uh, Antoinette, Kuritz, uh, her husband Richard Kuritz and Jared Kuritz. Uh, they're also publicists, but I'm telling you, this there's only 200 people invited, allowed to actually go to this conference. There's going to be literally 70 uh, best-selling authors at this conference, and they're going to the class size is like one to five. And so I'm just telling you, this is a great conference. Again, it is October 26th through 28th. You're going to want to check out this conference. It's considered of of the 1,600 writers' conferences across this country every year. It's in the top 84. So I, it's a conference that I'm telling you is going to make a difference for you if you want to get into this business, crazy business that Greg and I are in. 
which is called writing and publishing and stuff like that. It's a crazy business. I just explained it to my sister, and she had no idea. <laughs> this is my, my sister is living in Nebraska going, how come you can't do this? Because I said, that's the way this business rolls. And so we're talking with Greg Jackson here on A New Direction. And so, um, hey, Patrick, thanks again for joining the show. And uh, so, Greg, let's talk a little bit about sales, right? Because one of the things that I, I – the first question that came to my mind was – it, the difference between somebody who's in sales and someone who's a sales professional, mm. because there's yeah. a lot of people. Because I can't sell, I cannot sell a blanket to a naked Eskimo in January. Okay, I, I just, can't, I, it's just not in me to do that. I just can't do that. I, and hopefully, I didn't say something wrong there, but I hope people get the picture that I just do not sell well. And it's, I, I've never been that guy who's been able to do it but my wife is a as a sales professional but i don't really know how to define that how do we define somebody who's in sales versus somebody who's a sales professional well a sales professional is anybody that gets paid to sell a good or service okay. they're a they're a sales professional right okay. and and i wouldn't sell yourself short by the way because i think that you might fit that category we can talk a little bit more about that later but you are selling a a good or service you have to have advertisers you're selling concepts you're selling philosophies you're selling a a, a, a way to go about doing life better if you know if I could you know use that phrase sure. but a sales pro as defined in the book and that's what the book's all about is how to become a pro to me a, a sales pro is really the top one percent they're the upper echelon of sales professionals who consistently win the awards, overachieve their sales quotas, their sales plans. They're, they're just consistently successful. Of course, we all have our ups and downs. You have your blips, you have your, your slow months, but for the most part, the pro is the one who does a lot of the things in my book. Not all, it's not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a pretty darn good list. Uh, again, I'm pretty, you know, bias on that because I wrote the book. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's a good starting point. And I think that the, the, the true pro is the one who, and by the way, a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in the book, these aren't, these, this is, it's not rocket science. A lot of the things in this book are things that people do and they're easy, but the thing that differentiates the pro from the professional is that they do it more consistently. They do it every day. They're disciplined. You know, um, I believe USC, I don't know, are you, are you a college football fan at all? I am six oh. feet, five inches tall, 260 pounds, and played college football. Yes. Okay, okay, <laughs> then that answers it. I, yeah, I saw the, I saw your picture, so I, I didn't know you played, but um, I'm, I'm a huge Michigan fan. I grew up, grew up in Michigan, and um, so, you know, if you think about, Michigan used to play USC a lot in the Rose Bowl. Well, USC ran basically three major plays back in the day. I'm talking about, you know, late 60s, early 70s. They had, what did they have? Student body right, student body left, and up the middle. And you knew they were coming. You absolutely did. The defense knew knew that it was coming. And they, I'm not saying they didn't have other plays, but that that, that was their major playbook. Yeah. Okay, student body left, student body right, up the middle. 
And it was basically a game of Russian roulette if you're on the defense. You don't know if O.J. Simpson's coming around the, or I don't know who else they had, uh, uh, White. James w- or White. Uh, he White, was yeah. good. They had a whole stable of, of great running backs there. But the main thing was that what made that program, and by the way, Vince Lombardi, Green Bay Packers, same thing. Yeah. They only ran a few plays. Yeah, but Vince Lombardi's whole thing was it's all about, it, what, what was the old saying, practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. They ran those plays so perfectly in practice that it became second nature. And then it was almost impossible to defend because the plays were so well executed. And by the way, I wish Jim Harbaugh would take a a page out of both of those (laughs) great coaches playbook because we're not running to well uh, executed uh, plays on offense or our defense is pretty good. But my main point is that uh, the pro in any endeavor of life, they just have that net that net, they that the understanding that they need to do certain things really well, yeah. better than their competitors, and they have to do them on a daily basis. Can't just be like once a week right. or you know once a month or quarterly. It's got to be these daily ingrained disciplines that again, not rocket science, not easy to learn, right. but more difficult to execute because it does require discipline. But these are the things that I believe really differentiates pros from sales professionals. Is that that clear? Oh, yeah, that's that's awesome. By the way, we're talking Greg Jackson, author of this fantastic book. He can't see me holding it up, but I am holding it up. It's called 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. Greg, um, let me, the first nugget, I hope you, I hope all of you got that. And by the way, Brian, thanks for joining us. Uh, The first nugget that I hope you pulled from this, if you're listening right now, is if you're going to be a pro, you got to practice like a pro. I, I mean, at, ask. I don't care if it's a sport. I don't care if it's business. Those people practice every day at their craft. That's what it. That's that's what his point is. They practice yes. every day. If you, folks, I know that there's some new salespeople listening to us right now, and I'm going to just tell, give you a piece of advice. You know that person who gives you a script book and says, these are some scripts. I want you to make them their own. I want you to practice them. They are not saying that because they're cheesy. They want you to make them their own. They want you to practice them every single day going through how to overcome rejection, going through how to overcome negative responses. How do you overcome this thing or that thing? The reason why they're having you practice those scripts is so that they become second nature. And that's exactly what Greg is talking about here. So that's your first nugget. All right. Practice, practice, and not just practice half-heartedly okay when you practice practice like you mean it practice like it's the real situation perfect practice makes perfect (laughs) yeah right i mean well well, you 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 played college football i i played tennis competitively in college and so you and i know what it's like to be on a varsity team and at that level it it's it's a pretty much year-round endeavor yeah that we're engaged in and you know Game time, as you know, you shouldn't be stressed. I mean, there, there should be some butterflies in the locker room before a game or before a tennis match, before any sporting event. But you shouldn't be nervous in the sense that you feel ill-prepared. Oh, no, no, no. You should allow it, everything to just unfold because you know you're so well-prepared. My uh, 13-year-old plays hockey, and what I've what I told him – Matter of fact, we had this discussion last night. He had a really good practice last night. And what I've told him was, 
I said, Jake, I don't care what level you make it to in hockey. I don't care if you're just on the on JV varsity. I don't if you play in college. Great. I mean, I'd love it if I'd be thrilled if he did, if he could and if he did. But what I've always told him was I'm more concerned about your character sure. and your leadership capabilities that you develop, because that's what's going to serve you in any capacity, in any endeavor, in any area of life. And it all starts on the practice in sports on the practice field. We could apply this to homework as well. Sure. I mean, my son's in, in eighth grade. These are crucial years for him to develop those habits that are that he's either going to develop now or he's never going to develop. And it's going to be really tough, as you know, to develop some of those personality traits, character traits, self-discipline at, at a later age. You, these are the most important years. And what I was telling him last night was the most important thing that you can do during practice is to try to perfect every drill that you, that you do. It is practice, and, it, and you're not keeping score like a game, but you should treat it like a game from the standpoint that every drill that you do, you should try to be first. And there's a, another kid who's a little bit faster than him. Jake's probably second in terms of speed on his team. But I told him, I said, your goal needs to beat this other kid. His name's Dom. You need to be, try to beat Dom. That's your goal. So I'm setting like little mini, mini goals for him to do. I said that, you know, when you do a drill and the coach blows his whistle and he wants everybody to come in so that he can diagram whatever the next drill is going to be on that little whiteboard that they use. I told him, I said, Jake, your goal needs to be, you need to be the first one. You spray the coach with your, with your, uh, with, with snow, you stop, you get there before anybody else does. Your goal should always at whatever level you play, you need to be there first. You need to be right in the coach's face. You're the eager beaver. You're the one that the coach is always saying, wow, Jake's first in every drill. He hustles the most. He might not be the most talented. He's only played three years. But this kid is leading by example, and he has the work ethic of a professional, and he's just playing first-year Bantams. That's awesome. That's what – I think what we're talking about when we're talking about perfect practice – and you can apply that to any aspect of anything that you do. Right. Even if you're just mowing the lawn. You know, as a Christian, I would say do all things to the to the glory of God, right? But that's the way I treat my life. And just, you know, full transparency, everything in the in in the in the book itself is is it's biblically based. These are biblical concepts. I didn't invent them. Right. Almighty God did. I put them in 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 vernacular and jargon that, you know, just regular everyday jargon. But the fact of the matter is that the, the stuff in this book, Jay, is not rocket science. But I do believe that if people incorporate the things that I've put down on the pages of the book, they're going to get better. They're going to get better at their jobs. They're going to get better in sports. They're going to get better in their marriages, their relationships, and in life. And that should be the goal, to, to constantly improve, to get better. I know that's what the goal of your program is because right. you got the arrow and it's pointed. It ain't pointed sideways. Up, it's a directional up. Yeah, and, and by the way, we're talking Greg Jackson, author of this amazing book, Forty Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. It's right there in front of you. And hey, Lisa Rotilli, thanks for joining us. By the way, that's my cousin. Just in case everybody was wondering who that was joining us on the show. So next nugget. Hopefully you got it right. When you practice, you got to practice, right? Salespeople, you got to practice. Practice hard. Practice intentional. 
And the other thing I, I the other thing I pull from that piece that Greg just emphasized here in his example with his son. The other thing is, you know, you got to set up little goals for yourself, okay? Because, you know, I. If, it, if working hard doesn't come naturally for you, then do it in incrementally. Do, do it one step at a time. I always talk on the show, I always talk about doing baby steps, right? Yes. People, people keep trying to jump. Stop trying to jump to the next step. Hey, Alex Moore, thanks for joining us. Stop trying to jump to the next step. Just take a baby step to, the next, to your next step. Little increments get you there, right? And it could be the little things. Be responsible with what you've been given. If you're the if you're the last or the bottom person on the salesperson, well then you know what? Make your goal that you're going to get to the next person, not be the number one. Just get just get above the next person above you, right? That's 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 part of it. And and I, I this book by the way, let me tell you what's great about this book because the book's genius, Greg. The book is genius. And let me tell you why people I, I feel like this book is so genius. First of all, it's 40 rules, right? This isn't a story. This isn't some long explanation. It's literally 40 rules that literally say on on the rule that these 40 rules that he lays out here in this book. Literally he lays it out. If they're one page. By the way, they're no longer than one page. Short book. People don't have time for 500 page no, books you, on sales. Yeah, yeah, no. This is a short this is a short <laughs> book. I mean, it's literally 40 pages long. Is literally, literally, I mean, okay, unless you read, you know, unless you count like the dedication to his wife and, you know, some of the other stuff, right? That literally, the the meat of the book is forty pages long, okay, and so, and at the end of each one of these little, these little beautiful little rules, he asks a question, something like, well, are you doing it or what are you doing about it? Are you going to do anything about it? And it's really, really, really cool. Matter of fact, we were just talking about this. this is rule 29. Set one to two minor goals daily and accomplish them before noon. Yes. You, you notice, you know, that's rule 29. Notice he doesn't say set one or two major goals every day and then fail at them miserably. <laughs> right? He says, get one. I'm, hey, Jay, I'm good at that one. <laughs> I'm great at that one. Yeah, no. So I mastered that one a long time I, I, ago. I know, I know, I get it because you know sometimes we want to bite off more than we can really chew, and we're very, yep. very good at doing that. And so, I mean, I, I, you know, I thought about that today. Let me tell you my example of, of after reading this one on set one or two minor goals daily and accomplish them before noon. I wanted to make sure I made the bed today because sometimes I get a little lazy and I don't make the bed. But you know what? I accomplished it. And there was, I wanted to tell myself, you know what? Good job. You made the bed. I know it sounds like something you should be doing, but my wife and I go back and forth and I wanted to do it. I wanted to make sure it was done and done right because I wanted to have at least this little sense of accomplishment to say, okay, if nothing else goes right today, guess what? I made the bed. I I, I made the bed and it was accomplished. You know what? I put all the dishes away so that she didn't have to. I accomplished that today. Right. So that I got my day going. Right. And of course, like a lot of people, you know, that know me, know I do my daily readings and things like that. I accomplished that today. Got did them did did them. And so I love the idea of accomplishing these little these little goals. I want to ask you, though, there was one there was one in here that really, really I want to talk to you about. And it's the issue of value. Uh, you have you have one in here about 
uh, value that talks about, you know, what is, you know, make sure that you're giving value, okay? And wh how do we define that? Because this, this one troubles me. I want to make sure I'm giving people value. And I think every sales professional wants to make sure they're giving value. How do we go about, you know, giving our customers value? What's, what's, is there, is there some way we can kind of put ourselves in a better position to do that? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm in medical device sales. So if there's any listeners out there who go into hospitals every day and deal with, I deal with interventional cardiologists and vascular surgeons and I sell products to them. <clears throat> so in that setting, what I see a lot of Jay is that a lot of competitive reps will come in and they'll, they'll book a day in the lab at the hospital and they'll bring in some donuts and bagels or lunch. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's pretty much the extent of it. And there won't be any real transfer of information or knowledge or value to those, to those customers. And what I see, what I found is that number one, you're wasting your time. If you're going into an account and booking time without any dedicated time to transferring some sort of value to the customer. So in, in, in my arena, in the medical device uh, side of things, that me, that translates into in-servicing my product. So I'm constantly trying to, I mean, I, I, I consider it to be a stealing from your company. If you're just going and hanging out and being on social media all day and not working, but just being at the account or kind of, you know, whatever, making, making sales calls, but not really adding any particular, any specific value to, to, to your customers. I think it's, you know, where we get paid by a, a, a company, by an organization, we should be engaged in doing business, trying to move business forward in some capacity. So what I've noticed is that true pros, at least in my industry are constantly transferring some sort of value to their customer whether it's product information, doing in-services, spending time individually with physicians and engaging them in conversations which will somehow get them to understand and utilize our products better during the case. Or it could be something as simple as, you know, just getting together, you know, I deal with not only physicians, but with techs and nurses who, while they're not doing the case themselves, they're involved in the case. So I will do product training for them on a regular basis so that they understand my product. I try to treat everybody in my, in the lab the same way I I treat, you know, the, the top doctors in the practice from the, the scrub tech to the circulating nurse to the physician who's doing the procedure. And I think that the customer really appreciates when you go out of your way to help them become experts in your product, not to just understand it at a, from a bird's eye view, but to really understand it in depth. 
And that's where I see maybe the biggest failure, and this might be infringing or encroaching upon another one of my bullet points in the in the book, Jay. But one of the biggest mistakes that I see is that salespeople sell at a brochure level. Do you know what I mean by that? No, at a brochure level? No, explain that, please. Well, at a very kind of rudimentary, very general level without asking what I call high value questions. I have a whole chapter on that without truly understanding the needs of the customer. They either rush the close, they ask for the sale too soon, or they, they inadvertently, uh, inadvertently take for granted that the customer knows certain information, which they have, they, they don't know. And so they don't ask good enough qualifying questions to fig to find out where the customer's at, what the customer's real concerns are, what the customer's real needs are. If the customer that the, to, with whom they're speaking is even the key decision maker that could even bring the product or service in, there's so much legwork that's not done. And when we fail to do the legwork and we give people only a, only a rudimentary understanding, a 30,000 foot view of our product or service, uh, we, we do them a disservice, and ultimately, ultimately, um, we we don't add any value because the customer, when you leave, is kind of feeling shortchanged. Like, wow, person didn't even really ask me about what my needs were, what my concerns were. I don't feel like that salesperson really cared about what it is that I do day to day, and I kind of got the feeling that all they want to do is sell their product. And that's a common mistake that I see salespeople make. And the most successful pros are about the business of, they have the mindset, Jay, and I know you do, because I just talked to you briefly for maybe 15, 20 minutes, and I get this about you, that you're really concerned about adding value. See, when you're concerned on your customer's value, First and foremost, everything else takes care of itself. When, you're cons when, when you really want to understand what it is that your customers are struggling with, and maybe your product isn't the best thing for them. By the way, that's something that a lot of pros are great at, telling their customers when their, their good or service isn't going to be the best solution for them. You better be up front and let them know that. Even though you might not sell as many widgets that month, you're going you're gonna to be able to achieve significantly more success in your career over the long term when you put the interest in. I know a lot of this stuff, your listeners are saying, oh, Greg, this is so simple. This is so rudimentary. This is so basic. But I'm telling you, I've been doing this for over 25 years, and you wouldn't believe the number of people that come up to me and say, Greg, you know, thank you so much for spending an hour with our group and asking the questions you did and really going deep with us to try to find out really what our needs and concerns were and really detailing your product really thoroughly so that when you're out around, we can feel confident treating patients with it. And that's when that's Jay, as you know, doing what you do when, when, when people give you that type of feedback, that's when you, you, you really know that you're at the top of your game. 
Not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but at the top of your game because you know you are looking to add value to other people's li- lives to make them better what, in whatever it is that, the, their, that their job is. And when the, the pros know how to do that and the pros know that when, they, when that's the main focal point of their day every day, they know that they're going to be successful in the long run consistently. That's awesome. We're talking. I just had, by the way, I just had major diarrhea of the mouth, and one of the rules is to listen twice as much as you speak. So I just totally violated that one. <laughs> well, you're supposed. And I apologize to you, know, you and your audience. No, you're supposed. You're supposed to be the one talking, not me. I'm not supposed to be talking. I'm, I'm excited. To... I'm excited about this stuff. No, it, I know. Yeah. And, and I'm I excited about this stuff. Yeah, I know. I hear and I hear your. Passion. So it's passion. Yeah, I hear it, and that's why. <laughs> I'm holding up the book again so everybody can see it. 40 rules every sales pro needs to know. They need to. You need to get this book. It's not It's not all that long. It's a great book. We're talking to Greg Jackson, a best-selling author who wrote this book. This is his latest book. I'm tell, you, you know what you need to do with this book? Let me tell you something you need to do with this book. As I'm holding it up here in front of my face. You need, yes. you, you need to take this book, folks. You need to buy one for yourself. And then I would buy one for other people because... While it is a sales book, I get it. Well, it can be. Listen, I'm married. <laughs> As most of the people, many of the people who are listening to the show are married, or you're dating, or whatever your situation is. Can I tell you something? You're you're having to sell yourself. Okay, you're having to sell an idea. You're having to sell yourself to your spouse or whatever. Absolutely. You're, 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 I'm, I'm just. I know that sounds weird to say that, but it's really, really true. I I mean. If you don't think you negotiate with your spouse, you are so wrong. We negotiate all the time. So, you know, why not do it right? Right? I, I love, we're going to talk about because he alluded to it, but I, I need to do this because we're at this point in the show where I need to talk about who's sponsoring today's show. Today's show is sponsored by the La Jolla Writers Conference. By the way, just to find out more information, you can go to La Jolla. By the way, if you don't know how to spell La Jolla, it's L A J O L L A, writersconference.com. So, uh, each year since 2001, Strategy, Strategies Literary Development and PR produces the La Jolla Writers Conference. It's a labor of love for them. It's a kind of a pay-it-forward gathering, teaching the art and craft and the business of writing to aspiring writers and at all levels. So the conference is non-commercial, it's informal, and it's intimate with a maximum of 200 attendees. The entire faculty and staff, including the best-selling authors, publishers, agents, screenwriters, writing, and PR experts are all volunteers and are available all weekend, providing over 70 classes, um, providing over 70 classes um, to choose from. So uh, it's October 26th through the 28th, and it's at the Hyatt Regency in La Jolla, California. I really, really suggest that if you're uh, if you're aspiring to be a writer, if you're aspiring to be someone who wants to write. I really recommend that you really check out this conference. Again, it's LaJoyaWritersConference.com. It's it's a great conference, and I really highly suggest that you um, really take advantage of it. If uh, I will tell you that I wish I knew about this conference before I started writing, and before I started publishing books, and the and it happens to be that the people who put this on are my publicist, and uh, and you know they're sponsoring the show, and so. Um, it's it's really cool. And by the way, next week's show 
will actually be annette kuritz from strategies pr who's going to talk about the book business and things that you should know if you're interested in writing a book and what's some tips and things that you need to know in this business because you will not make the mistakes that i made when i first wrote my first book and never made the money back off of my first book so but we're talking with Greg Jackson uh, right now, and uh, and by the way, if you want to find out about Greg Jackson, go to Greg Jackson. That's G R E. Hopefully, hopefully Greg is okay. I'm I'm assuming he's okay there. It sounded, it sounded like that. It sounded like maybe Greg fell off a chair. Uh, but sorry about that. Sorry about that. I just hooked up my earpiece. Okay. That's okay. A little static, sorry. No, that's all right. We just we we want to make sure you're okay because it sounded like you actually fell down and onto several pots and pans. Uh, Greg, is, Greg oh, I'm is, sorry about that. No, Jake. no worries, no worries. So, if you want to find out more about Greg Jackson and the books, it's Greg G R E G G Jackson J A C K S O N, and it's gregjackson.com. Remember, it's G R E G G jackson.com and you can find out more about his books also for all you twitter fans out there he is absolutely active on twitter you can find him at greg g-r-e-g-g-m the letter m jackson j-a-c-k-s-o-n you can find him at greg m jackson on twitter if you're interested in following him there as well so greg let's let's talk about uh i want to talk about something that you kind of alluded to here and I know that we're getting close on our time because I'm looking at the clock here and it's saying that we're getting closer and closer. But I want to talk to you about yeah. something that you alluded to and that is focus on your customers' pain points. And and here's why I want to ask and it's number twelve. The reason I want to ask you about focusing on a customer's pain point because I, I think we get concerned sometimes as salespeople that if I focus on people's pain, that's gonna be a problem. For me, because you know, then you know, if you're talking about their pain and their issues, then you know they aren't going to want to deal with somebody because that's not a happy topic to to talk about. But that's not really what you're talking about, is it? No. And would you mind if I read it? Yeah. No. Go ahead. Please do. Or unless you want me to read it. If I read, if I read it. Yeah. Go ahead. Read it. It's just short, and then we can discuss it. Sure. So number 12, and thank you, uh, Jay, for pointing that out. Um, it's one of my favorites. Focus on your customer's pain points. If you have not adequately addressed this for your customer, chances are you will probably not get the sale. The most successful sales pros are able to determine what is most important to their customers and tailor their presentations accordingly. Every customer has a unique need. Most reps fail to adequately pinpoint the unique needs of their customers and how your product or service can best serve them. The best sales pros ask the right questions to identify unique needs and pain points to most effectively customize their sales presentations accordingly to best meet those needs and alleviate those quote-unquote pain points. And then I ask the question, are you doing this? So, pain points by the way thank you for letting me read that i wanted people to get a, f- a feeling sure. for just how concise a lot of these points are and i wanted to make it easy to understand and i didn't want to use uh, be too verbose because oftentimes the, the ma- main meaning can can get lost right. and so in terms of pain points there's an old saying in sales and i I don't know if it's Procter or Gamble. One of the companies used to teach it. It's called um, FUD, Fear, Uncertainty, and Doubt. Mm. And probably the, the, the most 
um, probably the, the, the things that are going to uh, influence or not influence people, but are going to get people's attention the most, unfortunately, are those pain points and having to do with fear, uncertainty and doubt. If you ever want to get somebody's attention, especially in sales, sometimes that's where you need to go. You need to somehow, because that's what gets people's attention. For example, in, in medical device sales, which is what I do, a lot of times when I'm talking about a product, I will ask a physician to explain to me the last time they had a case turn south and where they had a patient go into cardiac arrest or just something very negative or something negatively associated with a competitive product. And I will ask them to explain to me, to bring me back to that place where they had a negative outcome. And the reason that you do that is because a person's pain points is going to be what is going to A, get their attention, B, it's going to bring them back to that situation and it's going to really grab their attention because now they're going back in time in their own experience to something that had a really negative outcome and impact. And, you know, because when you're talking about things that went well, went positively, yes, those things are going to grab your customer's attention. Maybe they might like talking about it but not as much as something that went wrong. It's a pain point. It's something that, that is bothering them. It's something that is hindering them from being more successful in whatever area that they're working in. And when you can help solve that, a, a major problem for a customer with your good or your service, now you've, you know, we just talked before the break about adding value. Now you've added value to their lives. You know, think about your phone, Jay, and the best apps on your phone and how much are, are usually the simplest ones. They're the ones that are easiest to navigate and they're the ones that add the most value to your life. And oftentimes they're the ones that were able to somehow cure some sort of pain that you had right. prior to loading that app on your phone and utilizing it on a daily basis. And what I see a lot of times with the pros, remember the difference between a sales professional and a sales pro, the sales professional, they get paid to sell a good or service. The pro for any of your listeners who might've just tuned in is somebody who is that they're at the upper echelon, the top of the top, top 1%. They win the awards trips. They're MVPs. They're constantly at the top 10, top 20% of their sales forces. They're constantly overachieving quota. Their bosses love them. They have great relationships with their bosses and their customers. And they have, you know, they have good, happy lives for the most part, right? And so what I've noticed about the pros as it pertains to what we're discussing is that they're great at uncovering pain points, but not, not necessarily in a in a, in, in a way that's, that's upsetting to a customer, but they're able to weave in those types of questions and go down that path to really get to the bottom of what the greatest need is 
for the customer. Again, some of your listeners might be thinking, I don't need to buy a book to figure that out. Great. If you got it figured out, then more power to you because the, 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 the best of the best are, are great at alleviating those pain points. But more often than not, the sales professionals that, that aren't good at that, Jay, aren't good at that because they're uncomfortable. Mm. They're uncomfortable having difficult conversations. Right. They're uncomfortable somehow feeling that they're going to upset their customer or offend their customer mm. by talking about some negative situations mm. uh, that, they, that they've had in their, in their business. Mm. And so what, and by the way, that's another chapter um, about having difficult, you know, the pros are often engaged in difficult conversations. They're well-versed in it because it's necessary in sales and in business and in life and in relationships. By the way, we could apply this just to marriage, couldn't we, Jay? Just sure. in terms of getting pain points. If you want your relationship to get to the next level, sit down with your wife or your husband and ask them uh, to give them total uh, permission to tell you areas in your relationship where they think you could do better mm. because you want to improve. Mm. Pros do that. I've, I've only recently really started to incorporate that in my marriage. Just asking my wife, sweetheart, I'm giving you total permission to tell me where are the areas in our marriage that I can improve? What really annoys you about me the most? Cause I really want to improve. I want you to love me more. I want to have a better relationship. I want to be a better father sure. and a better husband. Sure. So I'm giving you permission to do that. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're listening and either you're struggling in your marriage or a relationship or whatever, or, or even with your boss sure. or your customers, if you could sit down and have that conversation, I guarantee you that there are some blind spots that you're not seeing that people notice and everybody, we all have them. Okay. Let's be honest. No one's perfect. We all have blind spots. And, they, and those, some of those blind spots might be inhibiting us from achieving greater success. What I've realized, Jay, is that when we give certain people, and this isn't something that you ask, you know, acquaintances, right? Yeah. These are something that you ask people that are close to you that you really trust. You give them permission. And, and what I've noticed is that when the, the, the best of the best in, 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 in my business, they're, they're very humble they're very transparent and they want to improve and they want to know where they fall short. And it's hard, isn't it? Oh, Cause it's, it's a blow to your ego. It's a huge blow to your pride. Oh, it's, it's terribly hard when you, uh, and <laughs> you know what, if you have a wife like mine and you don't voluntarily ask that question, but she's willing to tell you anyway, because she wants, <laughs> she really wants me to be better. Right. And so, you know, she had, I mean, she's had those meetings with me. You know what? I know that you want to improve, so I'm going to tell you something that I'm not liking. You know about your behavior. It's not. You know, it's not. It's not listen, it's not the small things. You know, it's not like you know. Could you could you put the spoons in the you know dishwasher when you're done with them? With stuff like that. But I mean, things in my character that she saw were slipping the wrong way, right? And she had to have that. She had to have that meeting with me, and occasionally does to say to me. And because sometimes I don't voluntarily ask it, you know, honey, how do I improve sure. this? Right. So she, she's strong enough. This is the thing, you know, right. She's strong enough to tell me, but she also knows that I am, I am strong enough to take it 
because I do want to improve. She knows I want to improve. I just because I didn't ask the question. I think it's interesting, Greg. Yes. We're talking to Greg Jackson, 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. I think it's interesting something, and, and I love, by the way, hopefully everybody who's listening remembers FUD. Fear, uncertainty, doubt. If, if, please remember FUD, okay? Because as somebody who has written about uh, the psychology of marketing and, 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 and especially on social media and has spoke on the issue of fear, in, in you understand, right, that if you watch commercials on TV, I want you to tell, what are they doing? What's the big four-letter word? FOMO. Fear of missing out. I don't care if it's a telephone company. I don't care if it's a candy bar commercial. They are they are literally playing into this idea of there's a fear or uncertainty or a doubt that you don't have this, aren't going to have this, or you're going to be this way or be that way to pull you into draw into the product or their service. And folks, I think what, what and I, what, I love what Greg is saying here because when's the last time you actually really studied your client or customer that's sitting in front of you? And if you're a real estate person, and I know I got real estate people um, listening to me right now and watching live here on Facebook, and thank you for doing that. But it, you know, right, that you probably have not had the conversation or we're not listening clearly enough is this is their fear about real estate people. This is their fear about fear. This is their uncertainty about the real estate process. This is the doubts they have when it comes to buying or selling a home. When have you asked those questions? When have you asked them about what they're afraid of? What is what is when have you asked them about their uncertainties? When have you asked them about their doubts? Those are great questions that you should not be afraid of, which leads him to saying, you know, you got to have these difficult conversations because you can't add value without knowing people's fears, uncertainty, and doubt. Because if you know Absolutely. those, because once you know those things, and this is what Greg's saying, once you know those things, then you're guaranteeing value when you fulfill them. Dude, do that. Absolutely. Dude, do that. Think about it. You're you're now ahead of the game, because now it's, you know, I, I remember writing in Got Social Mediology, and, and it's a book I wrote, Greg, and I remember writing, telling people from the very beginning, it's not about trying to sell anything it's about developing a relationship where the person knows that i am trying to learn everything about them as a person first before they have sold them anything because when i know that i've created the relationship then it makes it so much easier to say i've got something for you and i think this will i know that this will enable you to be more successful and so that i can reduce your fud right because the fud factor absolutely Greg, let's write a book called Fud Factor. Uh, well, no, you just re- written it. That's your book. <laughs> You're gonna write. I think we need to write a book called Fud Factor. I love that. I love that. And by the way, we're talking Greg yeah. Jackson. It, 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 what a great, what a great book. I'm telling you, folks, go to Amazon. Would you please buy the book? The, the I mean, the the book is. Listen, if you're talking a, a book here that you could take in your car, ladies, put it in your purse. I know the size of my wife's purse. She could put six of them in there. Okay? I know she could. So put put six of these in your purse and just hand them out to people because I'm telling you this is more than just a sales book. This is a book for life. This is a book that will help you in every aspect of your life. And if you really think about it, and listen, Greg just read to you number 12, right? And number 12 could apply to anything. It doesn't have to apply to uh, your sales business. It can apply to your marriage. It can apply to your relationships. 
Greg, we have we have surpassed an hour, my friend, and I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation together. Before I let you go, and and the book again, I'm holding it up for everybody to see, and Greg can't, but Forty Rules Every Sales Pro, Every Sales Pro, not an amateur, not a sales amateur, sales pro needs to know. This is your book. This is the book. This is the book that you're going to buy. You're going to. By the way, if I've got managers listening, which I know I do, you know what? Why don't you just buy a box of these books, hand them out to every one of your salespeople, let them take them with you, because I'm telling you the information. These are short. You heard Greg read how short these were. You're going to get through the book shortly, but refer back to them. Practice just doing these 40 things on a regular basis. Take one of them and practice them for solid for a week. In every conversation, I'm telling you, it's going to change you, and it's going to change the way you do it. So, Greg, before I let you go, you know, one of the things I always ask all my guests is wind us up with something that will give people a new direction in their their life, their business, or their career. And from from your book or from your life, help them find a new direction. How would you sign us off? Well, first of all, thank you uh, for having me on, Jay. Greatly appreciated. Thank you for the kind words about the book. Um, and by the way, companies have purchased the book already. It's it's relatively new, but they have purchased it for their sales forces. And so I think that that's hopefully uh, we'll add talk about adding value. Hopefully people are going to walk away with nuggets and be more successful in whatever industry that they're in. But yeah, a lot of either CEOs or VP of sales have already purchased the book in bulk to hand out as a, I guess, relatively low cost giveaway slash informational educational resource for their, for their, for their sales and marketing people in their, in their company. So if you're out there and you, you own a big company, like Jay just said, uh, you can email me if it's okay, Jay, to, sure, to give out my email just, just yeah. directly, and we'll, we'll set it up for you. It's Greg with two Gs. My mom gave me that extra G at the end, G-R-E-G-G dot Jackson, J-A-C-K-S-O-N at gmail.com, Greg, G-R-E-G-G dot Jackson at gmail.com, and, and, and we'll work something out with you. But um, to and, answer and, your question, you know, I could probably talk for about five hours on, on, uh, in response to that very insightful uh, uh, question. But here's what I want to leave people with that are in business and in sales, which is the most, I think the most attractive trait for anybody, Jay, is when, and this is going to, again, this is going to sound very trite, very cliche, and like, oh, I don't need to buy a book to learn that. Okay, thanks. I'm going to pass. (laughs) Um, But it's truly being comfortable in your own skin and being yourself not trying to act like anybody else. You know, I'm not trying to act like Tony Robbins or any of these other guy, motivational speakers who are out there. I'm just Greg Jackson. And I'm drawing forth from my experience in my life. And when I talk to my customers, uh, I think the one thing that they appreciate most about me is they know that I'm not going to be Essam. There's not going to be any Bravo Sierra from this hombre. They know I'm going to give it to them straight. I don't really need to think too hard about how to phrase certain things. And although you should, uh, you know, you want to choose your words carefully in life in general. But what I'm trying to say is like, I'm just transparent and I'm honest. If I don't know something, I tell my customers, I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. I did that a few times today. 
it's not the best place you want to be. But I think ultimately, if you want to be successful in business and in life, the greatest thing that you can start doing tomorrow is stop trying to be somebody else. Stop trying to model your approach and, 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 and your conversation and your tone uh, based on something that you might have seen or heard other people do. Don't be afraid. It's the most attractive quality. And especially when you don't know something, I think if you want to go up, the best way to go up is to go down. And what I mean by that is, you know, again, just to steal something from the good book that God opposes the humble or excuse me, opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And one thing that I've learned is that we're on our knees. And I'll use another biblical reference. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And when we're about the business of adding value to other people's lives, serving others, humbling ourselves before others, being totally transparent and frank with others in our relationships, sky's the limit. The sky is absolutely the limit. And that's when I believe that we're truly at our best is, you know, what did Paul say in the, in the Bible? Hopefully I'm not sounding too preachy here, but Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And what I've realized is that it's not the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross approach in sales or boiler room, you know, get them to sign on the dot lot die line that is dotted. Remember that line of anybody a- who's ABC, seen Glenn Gary, Glenn a- Ross, ABC, ABC, always be, they closing. always be closing. By the way, that's, that's not true. I have a whole section. Don't always be closing. That's in the book as well. So a lot of these things are iconoclastic and very contrarian in a lot of ways. But look, the bottom line is that that that's funny and in, in, in the movies, but that's not really how to be successful consistently in life or business or sales or relationships, the, the, it's, ex, it's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. It's humbling ourselves. It's serving others. It's looking out for the, in, the, 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 the best interests of our customers and, and people in our, in, in our lives in general. So I would say a short answer to your question is realizing the power that we have when we humble ourselves truly humble ourselves, not a, 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 a fake, you know, humility or affected humility, but a real humility and a real transparency. And when you can just free yourself and just say, you know what, I'm tired of acting like somebody else. I'm going to do it a different way. I'm just going to, I'm just going to be totally transparent, totally upfront, totally honest, totally focused on the needs of my customers and others around me. Right. That's when life starts getting really cool. That's beautiful. It's Greg Jackson. He wrote this book called 40 Rules Every Sales Pro Needs to Know. Folks, listen, on the jizzo.com website, right, you go to my website, jizzo.com, his email address will be on the write-up, and I will be posting the email address, of course, it'll be part of the write-up, which means that you'll find it on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, uh, Google Play, Pod Addict, right? Whatever podcast addict, whatever your favorite one is, they all go out there. So they will. It, his his email will be listed as well as links to his books, and and how you can get a hold of him and his website. So you can find that you'll be able to easily find that because I do that. I will post his picture. He's a handsome looking guy. 
He doesn't look 50 at all. I think he's probably lying when he says he's 50. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure of it because he looks like he's probably closer to 35. <laughs> so, oh, um, thanks, Jay. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Because you, you my know. wife's a good cook and low stress. She's yeah. kept me very young all these years. That's that's awesome. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, listen. I have thoroughly enjoyed the show, and and. I hope you have too. I've been watching comments on Facebook Live. And again, folks, if you want to join us on Facebook Live, please do. Remember, it's www.andfb.com. Andfb.com. You can watch, you can even watch the old shows if that's something that you like to do. Certainly, you can download the shows on iTunes. Remember, I've made it easy for you, right? So if you're an iTunes user, you can just go to AND, which stands for New Direction, www.andiTunes.com, and that'll take you to the iTunes. If you are somebody who likes Google Play, it's www.andgoogleplay.com. Takes you right to all the episodes on Google Play. If it's somebody, let's say that you're a TuneIn Radio fan, guess what it is? It's AND, www.and, TuneIn. And .com, and you can go right and watch it from TuneIn. If you're an iHeartRadio person, it's www.andiheartradio.com, and you can watch, listen to all the episodes that way. So we've made it very, very easy. Find your favorite podcast platform to download these shows in the future and listen to other past shows as well. Greg has been a great host. I want to thank everybody on Facebook Live. I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Remember, next week will be Antoinette Kuritz. And she's part of our sponsorship, which is the La Jolla Writers Conference that has been sponsoring the show for the last several weeks. And we are so grateful for them to doing that. And whether you're an aspiring author who has yet to put pen to paper or someone intent on writing a book to augment your business, a writer or on the cusp of submitting to agents or someone who just wants to know more about different things about this crazy, evolving publishing business, the La Jolla Writers Conference is the place for you. It's October 26th through 28th at the Hyatt Regency La Jolla. I'm telling you, it's a great conference. It's one. It's literally one to five in terms of professionals that have volunteered their time. These are best-selling authors, writers, publicists. It's a non-commercial format. There's only 200 people allowed to attend. You really want to check this out, and I want to thank them for being my sponsor and sponsoring uh, Greg and this show today because they have been an awesome sponsor. Greg Jackson, you have been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your gift of this book. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your authenticity. Thank you for um, being on my show. Because it, without having people like you on my show, um, I don't get to do this. So thank you so much. Well, the, the pleasure and the joy and the honor was all mine. You're a true pro of what you do, Jay. And let's do it again sometime. It was awesome. Thank you. I would love to do this. I, I, I would love to do this again um, sometime. And, and thank you uh, again I, I, because this was this was fun. <laughs> I had a blast. Um, so I'm going to say to everybody before, I'm going to say thank you, everybody. And um, I will talk to you soon. 